Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the life of ourselves, our family, and others. Now about nuclear. What? A nuclear bomb just went off? Ha! Well, those are words we hope we never hear. But it is possible, intentionally or by accident. And by the way, in military simulated war games, the situational stress only increases and it never decreases in the participants who are dealing with that. The sooner or later, the stress is increased and the nuclear button is pushed. Now, military participants took longer to push that nuclear button than the civilian participants. But still, 95% of all participants did end up pushing that nuclear button. Now, what does that mean to us? Well, what I want you to remember is that a nuclear bomb is definitely survivable. That is, if you are not in the blast area. But to survive and to keep your health, you will want to have two main concerns, and both involve radiation. Probably the first is to protect your thyroid gland from the radioactive iodine, which is released in a nuclear blast or nuclear event. To protect your thyroid gland, you want to take potassium iodide pills, one a day for about 10 days. So get enough potassium iodide pills for you and the people around you. Also, after a nuclear blast, there is alpha radiation everywhere. It has a short life, short half-life, but still, it is everywhere. It is just like dust. It's like a dust storm. And if it gets in your clothes, it's, it kind of stays there. And that's too close to your skin, to your body. So you have to dispose of your clothes and shower. You shower in cold or lukewarm water. And that way your pores stay closed. And that that radioactivity doesn't get close to your body inside of your skin in the pores. Now, because of the radioactive dust, you might want to shelter in place. If your house is intact, that's a good idea. And then you would want to tape up the doors and the windows and stay in there for a couple of weeks. Now, if your home is damaged, in that case you might want to leave the area, but you will still want to protect yourself from that radioactive dust that you would travel through. So alpha radiation and beta radiation travel a shorter distance and have a shorter half-life. But gamma radiation, it goes through more, more material, and the further it goes, it, it, it penetrates. So you have to watch out for that gamma radiation, and it has a longer half-life. Now there are reasonable pre people who do say you should have an underground shelter, that just might be the case. And if you do that, you'll want to have a two and a half foot of dirt between you and the outside world. That will stop the gamma rays from going through into your body. This is a very simple examination of, of uh, radiation or nuclear events, but hopefully a little bit will be helpful. Biological and chemical are similar but you want to pretend, protect your skin and lungs even more and beware of a fog, and you don't want to have anything near you that's a fog. Remember to call on God. He protects his own, and there are many testimonies to prove this. 
Start your preparations now before you have an urgent need and what you want is hard to find. Give thanks to God for the blessings that you do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Settle up your Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome to Red Sky Radio on the Red Sky Radio Ranch, where we ride hard for the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you all. I've got so much to fit in today, so much. We're going to start with some good news, and we are going to be talking about, (laughs) uh, gosh, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff, but primarily the godlessness of liberalism. Yes, that's right, the godless liberalism. We're going to be getting to that. I first of all want to mention, though, if you want to reach me, you can do so. Info at redskyradio.net, info at redskyradio.net. If you want to see the webpage, it is just simply redskyradio.net. We don't do Facebook anymore because Mark Zuckerberg and all those guys are out to take us off um, and and suppress shadow banner speech. So we're just we're not even fiddling around with that stuff anymore. We're going back to a good old plain website that cannot uh, be at least easily curtailed by Facebook, uh, YouTube, you name it. Twitter, it doesn't really matter. So where we're going to launch today here, Donald Trump. This is, uh, Trump has, has hit a rocky road here with the Cohen confession, the Manafort conviction. These don't relate directly, but they are starting to get close, and people say, gosh, I'm getting worried. Well, you know, uh, for those of you who have been listening to this program for a number of years, if you go back a couple of years, Two years ago, during the election cycle, uh, leading up to the presidential election, I said that while I was very supportive of Donald Trump, I had no, um, what, what's the word? I wasn't convicted that he would necessarily serve two terms. And that was for a couple of reasons, actually. First of all, Trump is a fixer. He's a doer. He's looking for a problem to fix. The government, our country needed fixing. It was a call to arms that he issued. People turned out, supported it, and put him in. I had said from the very beginning, if near the end of his term, first term, if he feels as though he has accomplished all he reasonably can accomplish, he might simply turn in the towel and throw in the towel and turn it over to Mike Pence and say, hey, take it from here, Mike. I got this ship straightened away. I got this ship righted. There's nothing more that I really need to do. My skill set has been employed um, for the better part already. So now it's turn it over to administrative level. See, Donald Trump was the one to go in and and, uh, find a distressed hotel, turn it around, uh, and then move on. He goes on to the next project. He was never one to sit there and take room reservations after the hotel was fixed. So keep in mind, I, I have said from the beginning, if he feels as though he's accomplished most of what he has wanted to accomplish, 
or called to accomplish, he might simply step down and turn it over. The other thing I, I had mentioned back then, I, we did a number of programs in July of 2016 that dealt with the uh, Trump and Jehu connection, but I had said back then that if for some reason uh, Donald Trump runs into problems and um, and he got booted from office or needed to resign, what have you, thank God that he picked Mike Pence. You see, Mike Pence is Donald Trump's insurance policy, so to speak, political insurance policy. And if that's the way things would be, that for some reason he ran into such problems that he actually just simply could not govern anymore because now he's even got more feckless Republicans against him than he had the first time around, you see, Republicans are part of the problem here. Then he might just uh, say, look, you know what? They're going to try to impeach me. Or if the House goes Democrat and does launch articles of impeachment, keeping in mind they wanted to impeach him before he got sworn in, which was stupid, and it's completely unconstitutional because you can only be impeached for crimes and misdemeanors, and you've got to be in office to have committed those. Otherwise, we could impeach anybody for anything that they did that that approached a crime or misdemeanor prior to their ever having been sworn in. But the left is foaming at the mouth. The left has had only one thing on its mind, and that is they are still licking their chops. They're still absolutely ticked off and furious about having lost this election. And the whole thing has been about how do we get Donald Trump out of office? Well, if there is some way they actually do get him out, then there's Mike Pence behind him. So they got to be careful. And Mike Pence has some staying power. Mike Pence has some durability. Mike Pence is not the flashpoint. Although you talk to a, a the real screaming left, the one who go the ones who go hysterical are actually far more concerned about Mike Pence. And why is that? Because Mike Pence has not moved around on the issues. Mike Pence has been steadfastly pro-life for years unlike Donald Trump he's been pro he's been steadfastly pro traditional marriage historical marriage not this make up fake up stuff that we got now called uh, homosexual marriage we don't he's not for that never has been for that trump vacillated on that issue and it wasn't a big deal to him uh earlier on and so i'm not sure that getting Trump out of office is going to yield the result that they want. Pence will carry on and carry on well. But I want to share, this is what the good news is. Donald Trump's approval rating among blacks. All right, Mitt Romney had, what, 7%, John McCain, 6%. Donald Trump at election time, or shortly after the election, had a 19% black approval rating. Great? No. Uh, better than any other Republican by by 200%. And that approval rating has gone from 19% to 36%. He has almost doubled it again. Now, this is why they want Trump gone. This is why the left wants Trump gone. Well, it's maybe reason number 10. They don't want him stealing their precious black community that they have kept on the on the plantation with welfare and every other spending program. Because, look, white liberals despise blacks. They, they've been tools. They've been used as pawns. And the fact that, the, that uh, an increasing number of blacks as a result of a drastically improved economy have a favorable rating of Donald Trump is why they are almost ready to accept Mike Pence. They're not, they're not letting off getting Trump, uh, letting off getting him out of office. They aren't because, they, I mean, as much as they don't like Pence, and Pence should actually be a greater concern, the fact of the matter is Trump is winning over historically uh, trapped and held in bondage people groups in this United States, such as Hispanics and blacks, and most recently, Asians. This scares the daylights out of the wacko left, the screaming maniacal left, the hysterical, let's create um, a, a, a problem and a media event by just being loud and obnoxious left. 
Donald Trump has done that. And it might be that Mike Pence inherits that benefit of what Trump has done if they should somehow succeed in driving him from office. Okay, point number two, good news, story number two. The IRS paid out $3.5 million to the Tea Party because the IRS, under B.O. himself, Barack Obama, was out to absolutely abuse the right, the Hitlerish, Naziistic tactics of a government out of control under Barack Obama used the IRS, the dead Department of Justice, everybody, whether it's Fast and Furious, whether it's the fiasco with, with bringing the IRS down as a pack of brown shirts on conservatives, the word is out. But have you heard about it? Have you heard anywhere about this, that the IRS was forced to suck it up and lowest learner, loser, lowest learner, and all the other leftists in the IRS who've been harassing conservatives now and particularly during the last campaign because they sure wanted their buddy Barack Obama elected and they weren't going to let the Tea Party get involved in helping elect a real American, somebody with real accomplishments, not somebody who's just some pathologically morally incompetent narcissist walking around in a Brooks Brothers suit. Now, some of you are now going to write to me and say, hey, you should apologize. I do. Although I'll apologize right now. I'll apologize to Brooks Brothers because they had no control over uh, who was going to occupy an empty suit. They don't have any control over it. Okay, next. Love this story. I mentioned back after the Parkland shooting in Florida how uh, all, all corporate America is out to rip you off from your Second Amendment. And what they are doing, they are pulling back loans. They're shutting down lines of credit for anybody dealing with firearms because these losers at Citibank and Bank of America. Bank of America, what a name. Bank of, why don't you just call it Bank of Venezuela? Bank of Nazi Germany. They want to shut down and dispossess you of your firearms. And the way they're doing it is they're shutting off the credit channels to gun sellers, gun retailers, ammo manufacturers, wherever they can. Now, this is why I love this particular story. The state of Louisiana, I've only ever been there once. I don't know that state well, never been to New Orleans. Never, I just haven't experienced much in that state. But I have to tell you, they have come out, and Louisiana officials have denied Citibank and why don't you just go scratch their credit cards and tell them, tell them, look, if you are going to play politics with my credit world, then I'm going to play politics with your business. Get lost, Citibank. Take a hike, Bank of America. Lose Yeti. All right, they make a great product, right? Now they've come about again, out against the NRA and blah, 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 and this and it's just, you know, schmetti Yeti. I mean, just get rid of them. Go, there are others... Uh, comparable uh, providers of insulated storage facilities, whether that's your cup or whether it's your um, uh, whatever, your cooler. I guess that's what they're big on, right? But anyway, Louisiana officials have denied Citibank and Bank of America an opportunity to be involved in a project which Ryan Saavedra here states is worth hundreds of millions of dollars this last week. Because of their decision to align themselves with the left-wing wackos, the left-wing nuts, and the Democratic Party pushing for gun control. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, this was led by Attorney General Jeff Landry, Treasurer John Schroeder. They said, quote, uh, this has come in response to decisions from both banks to enact policies restricting gun sales and manufacturing by their commercial customers. Savedras goes on to say here, quote, Louisiana government officials made it clear that they would not tolerate bullying tactics intended to harm America's Second Amendment rights after far-left activists have pushed heavily for gun control earlier this year. Senator John Kennedy, that's his name, John Kennedy, Republican from Louisiana, has the quote of the week, maybe the quote of the month, probably the quote of the year. He said, quote, if you 
have no if you have zero respect for the US Constitution, then you don't need to do business with the state of Louisiana. End quote. We need more like this, folks. We need more states to just stand up and I'll tell you whether it is B of A, whether it's Citibank, whether it's Yeti, whether whoever it is that's trying to suppress our rights by just ripping off people from their lines of credit, which they have no credit reason to to stop those lines. In other words, these aren't businesses that have bad credit. These are just businesses that these banks don't like. Well, I don't like those banks. Lose Citibank, lose B of A, get a different credit card, and tell them on the way out why you can't stand them, why you are dropping their business. Rob Walter, don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Rob Walter, and I want you to know that we have officially moved our real estate services to Arizona. We focus on helping people with the sale or purchase of their commercial or an investment real estate. And in addition, I bring 30 years of my California legal and tax experience to the table to help support those new clients with the intricacies of buying and selling of their commercial and investment real estate. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. You will not find us on Facebook. No, not now, not ever. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. We are back. This is Rob Walder with RedSkyRadio.net. Red Sky Radio. That's where you can contact me, info at RedSkyRadio.net. Uh, last week, I did a couple of Winston Churchill quotes. I One of them got a little bit, well, obliterated by the music at the end. I tried to squeeze it in. I didn't have time. I want to give you that one again and one more that I did not finish. Additional quotes for your consideration. Winston Churchill, Islam is more dangerous in a man than rabies in a dog. You see, the problem isn't Muslims. The problem is Islam. It's the religion that is really a political ideology that is the problem. Winston Churchill would be arrested today for quoting himself if he could speak again on the streets of London. And the other one that I wanted to get to, which I didn't, is this. An appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile hoping it will eat him last. Now, why is this connected to Islam? It, it Because all the leftists in this country that talk about, yell about how anybody who speaks against Islam is somehow uh, a racist, they're speaking against, first of all, a religion, not individuals, a religion. And just like Facebook just recently banned the Jewish Australian military veteran Avi Yemeni, for, for what? Facebook? I mean, they claimed it was hate speech because he came out against Islam, because he actually spoke the truth about Islam. You see, Facebook is a truthophobe, just like the left are truthophobes. They can't handle, they can't handle the truth, just like YouTube shutting off Prager University. You want to hear some good stuff? You want to hear some good, solid teaching? Google and find, and get connected to Prager. That's from Dennis Prager, P-R-A-G-E-R-U, like Prager University. Prager, you look it up. You will see all the stuff that YouTube has been banning because YouTube can't handle the truth. Facebook is a truthophobe. YouTube is a truthophobe. They can't handle the truth, just like Citibank, Bank of America, all the same old garbage. Well, the leftists are the true Islamophobes, a phobe being, phobia being a fear. The left caters to Islam because they're afraid to have their throats slit. They want to get elected, sure, but they don't want to oppose them because they need them to get elected, and they couldn't give a rat's rear end if 30 years from now this country is governed by Sharia law only because they have been able to enjoy their political office in the meantime. They are an appeaser, as Churchill said, that one, they keep feeding, they keep feeding the crocodile and hoping to, 
that the crocodile will eat them last. There is your relationship of the left with Islam. Well, we got, gosh, we got so much to cover here uh, today. Uh, boy, this, this piece just does not stun me. It does not shock me anymore because of our so-called institutions of higher learning. They are really, they are really um, indoctrination institutions of lower learning. Most of the public universities are. Look, I mean, it, it, the things that I hear come out of some recently graduated millennials coming out of their mouths. I, I, I told one, I said, look, if you really believe that, then you have to tell me where you learned it. And if you learned it at whatever, University of California, Santa Barbara, University of California, as one of them, I said, then you need to go back and get a refund for your tuition because you got ripped off. Well, here's the study. Democrats view socialism now better than capitalism, and it's not even close. 57% of Democrats view socialism now in a positive light against 47% viewing capitalism in a positive light. And you know what? These are, these are, primarily, these are primarily leftist whites. You see, and I've said this before, if this country is going to come around, it's going to need a it's going to need an infusion of those who have left the Democrat party. Work blue collar of all of all stripes, blue collar people of all ethnicities, and an infusion of articulate blacks and Hispanics to rise to the call. This is why you don't ever see the left ever really trying to wanting to liberate, if you will, they don't want to see the success stories, hear the success stories of immigrants, whether they are Asian, whether they're Hispanic, whether they are um, uh, native blacks. They don't want to hear those success stories. Why? Because they might leave the compound. They might leave the plantation called the Democrat Party. And there is such a, it's such a hypocrisy. I want to go through a couple of things here. I, I want to show you the godlessness of the left. This is what I started. I just want to, and, and, and this is wrapped up with lying. It's wrapped up with hypocrisy. It's wrapped up with stupidity. Yes, I said it. The left is, among other things, either ignorant, for which they have no excuse. Otherwise, if you're really ignorant, then just shut up. If you don't know what you're talking about, don't talk about it. Or they're fool, or they're stupid. Could be, and I'm not saying ignorance and stupidity are mutually exclusive. You could be, you could be stupid and ignorant, but you could also be fun, immoral. Let's throw immoral in there, and then just kind of fill up the tank with it, right? Okay, I want to give you three or four different stories and examples here today of the godlessness of the left and why we are in trouble as a country. If the statistic I just read you that 57% of the Democrats now support socialism, it's over. If that's really true, and that grows, and it is growing because they're getting indoctrinated in schools of so-called higher learning. Let's go to Ocasio-Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the darling of the left, the Democrat socialist. Oh, forget Democrat. She's just a socialist. And she can't distinguish between Democrat socialists because this woman who graduated fourth in her particular class at Boston College or Boston University can't tell you the difference. She isn't that smart. She should get a refund of her tuition money. But what has she said? Well, she has been complaining about whites, about men, about sexism, blah, 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 the same old crapola that we hear all the time about certain women on the left, from certain women on the left, and a whole bunch of men on CNN. They're, that seems to, MSNBC, sort of kind of comprises the whole group, right? Well, let me ask you, these, these leftists who complain all the time about Donald Trump uh, shutting down Jim Acosta from CNN or having a particular reporter booted out of the room, they say, you are savaging our First Amendment rights. It's a freedom of the press, and you're not letting all of us in because we, we have a right to come in there and tear you to shreds, Donald. 
So Trump doesn't allow absolutely everybody in. He's, on a few occasions, has selectively excluded the press. But does MSNBC, does CNN, do any of these left-wing nuts, do, have any of them said anything about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez shutting out all of the press for her last two campaign events on the East Coast? That's right. She didn't let any of the press in. So let me understand it's uh, it's wrong, uh, and it's anti and unconstitutional, to uh, to kick somebody out who's just in there to raise cane, in a press conference and try to embarrass the president. They're in there for their own accolades to pat themselves on the back because nobody else in the room will. So it's wrong to exclude those that are in there for a nefarious and ulterior purpose, and that is to defame, deface, disgrace, and discharge the president of the United States. That's okay. I mean, but it's but there's no problem with the left having somebody, one of their own, exclude everybody, all of the press, so we don't know what stupidity is coming out of Alexandria's mouth, whether she's following up her first seven to eight bonehead remarks with number nine. There you go. See, the left, well, okay, number two story, a true story. But it's our number two story. I'm going to California now in my mind. Not even in my mind. I escaped. Now, I, I want to quote from this article by uh, Doug uh, Haland, uh, l- liberally. And um, this is just where they're just, the left is not very bright. They re- it really isn't. This deals with Governor Jerry Brown signing legislation and I, I have not shared this before, but he signed legislation limiting Californians to using only 55 gallons of water per day. That's right. That's the legislation Jerry Moonbeam has signed. Now, Gavin Newsom will probably cut it from 55 to 45 because he's a governor and all those guys got all the water they want, but not for us. No, they got their own Department of Motor Vehicles, so they don't have to stand in line for seven hours. Read the other day where people are paying other people to stand in the DMV line for them in California and then call them or text them on the cell phone when they get near the front after three or four hours. They're making 15 or 20 bucks an hour standing in line for other people. But the, but the legislators, the Democrats who run Sacramento, they've got their own little DMV where they can just shortcut the whole thing. So don't think that the politicians are going to be limited to 55 gallons of water a day. That's a hypocrisy. Here's the stupidity. They support the Bay Delta Plan, the California State Water Resources Board, run by Democrats, funded by Democrats, implementing plans of Democrats, that will give each of the 600 fish in the Bay Delta the Delta snail or Delta, uh, I forgot what it is. I can't even remember the name of the fish. Snail darter or Delta something. Delta smelt, I can't even remember. Anyway, there's 600 of them. Each of these fish per day, while the rest of the state is gasping uh, for water, they get 1,086,000 and 667 gallons every day. Every day. Each fish gets over a million gallons a day. Jerry wants to limit the people to 55 gallons. I'll tell you, wives in California, you're no longer going to be able to uh, complain about your husband taking a whiz in the backyard because you might be out there behind a bush too. Because that's the world you're in, or are going to be in once this is implemented. Now, after the State Water Resources Board uh, realized just how incredibly stupid they are and how embarrassed they are that giving little fish over a million gallons a day while individuals get 55 gallons a day, challenged the numbers that people were using in the calculation and said, you guys are wrong there are twice as many fish as you have contended. They now believe that there's 1,100 fish that will be participating and enjoying the water flow 
that's going and ending up ultimately freshwater, ending up in the ocean that could be used for humans. So they said, we want you to correct this. One, they're not getting 1,086,667 gallons a day. You're only getting a measly 592,727 gallons per day. Wow. Gee, those fish have got it tough, don't they? I think we, uh, boy, I think they, they probably got a, a lawsuit. Probably would win in California, too. We'll be right back. Red Sky Radio is looking for the few, the proud, and the brave to sponsor portions of this program. There has never been a better time to advertise on Red Sky Radio. We've recently launched in Arizona, and the response has been outstanding. Arizona and Las Vegas need this program, and we will do everything we can to help your business grow in a rapidly expanding market of incredibly loyal listeners. So if you're in Las Vegas or the greater Phoenix area, contact us at info at redskyradio.net and find out what Red Sky Radio can do for your business. We're back. This is Rob Wolder with Red Sky Radio. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at info at redskyradio.net. And as you heard, we are looking for sponsors uh, for this program. The, the response has been great to this program as we expanded into Arizona. We still have people, not still have people, and I thank you immensely. We have supporters of this program who send us a check to help keep this program on the air, and to help expand this program that have sent checks faithfully, which I thank you, and we continue to receive them, thankfully. We are not where this program is self-supporting by any means. Some guys golf, I do radio. We support this out of our dollars, what, whatever is necessary to make, that, make up the difference between that which people have donated and um, what, the, what it costs to be on the air which is a lot. So I want to thank our donors and uh, just encourage you, if you feel so led to continue to do so, you can mail your checks to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona. Okay, we were talking about the radicalism of the left, the godlessness of the left. I've given you four examples, the hypocrisy of, of uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the, the stupidity of the State Water Resources Board and the, and the Democrats in California. And there are, a whole, there are so many examples I could give you, but I'm trying to give you a taste of different things that shows the depth and the breadth of what happens when a nation decides to go godless. You, when you eradicate faith, from the public sphere, from the, uh, from the, uh, uh, there no, there's no forums for for faith anymore. I mean, like the billboards that had to be taken down in San Diego because people were objecting to the fact that the the Bible, the billboard showed a Bible on the billboard. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Our third story coming from Vermont. Is it any question that the Democrat? Who is, the, who is the gubernatorial candidate, he won the primary here. I don't know what his name is. He's going, he's, it's a tranny. This is not Bruce Transgender, right? Might as well be. Kind of looks like him. I'm not, I don't call Bruce Transgender by his new name. Forget it. Too bad, Bruce. I can call you whatever the heck I want. Is it any, I mean, this this is just hard to believe. You got this goofball transvestite, which the Bible speaks again. I think it's Deuteronomy 22.3. I could be wrong in the exact address. Let me give it to you, though. I mean, you look it up. It's an abomination for a man to wear the clothing of a woman. It's an abomination for a woman to wear the clothing of a man. Hey, you got a problem with that? Just go talk to God. I am just a pizza delivery man here. I'm just giving it to you. You could see this is why they hate God. This is why there are so many 
Elohimophobics, El Shaddaiophobics, they hate God, Christophobics, they hate Jesus, Bibliophobics, they hate the Bible, Truthophobics, they hate the truth because it restricts their behavior. They don't want to feel badly, so let's do this. Let's get rid of the people and everything that's making us feel bad. That's the reason that there's no Bible, even Bible study in classes or in colleges anymore. you got religion classes that are taught by atheists. I guess that's a religion. So Vermont, and there's a reason I'm getting to this particular story, or I'm covering this. They had another candidate, and he was 14 years old. Apparently, Vermont does not have a minimum age to run for governor, which should pretty much tell you how Bernie Sanders ever got elected in the first place. They're hard up for candidates. So there's a 14-year-old running as a true progressive, and then you got this tranny guy who won. He is the Democrat candidate for governor in Vermont. Here's what you probably don't know. According to statistics, both recent and historical, going back, I mean, 10 or 15 years, there is no state that is more godless than Vermont, the state where this is going on. You see what it leads to? There is no state where the Bible and biblical teaching, faith of any kind, frankly, Islam and and Jewish faith, I mean, throw them all in there. There's no state that is more anti-faith. There's no state that has a higher percentage of atheists. There's no state that for the people who who uh, that have a let me put, say that again. There's no state that has a higher percentage of the people who wouldn't flip the middle finger of diplomacy at Billy Graham. And this is what you get. This is what you get. It's garbage in, garbage out. Story number four. This brings it all together. Hypocrisy, stupidity, immorality, and that's why I saved this one for last. It's Chelsea Clinton and her ridiculous, if not unbelievably asinine, comment giving a speech at Planned Non-Parenthood. Yep, that's right, Planned Non-Parenthood. About how abortion, we should laud it, applaud it, cheer it. Uh, who is that, Michelle Wolf, who says, God bless abortion? Goodness sakes, Michelle. Stay away from uh, thunderstorms and electrical charges. But Chelsea, Chelsea, I mean, well, whatever. I, I sort of feel sorry for her because she's got losers for parents, and she seems to want to emulate the loser parents. But she said that legalizing abortion has added $3.5 trillion to the economy. That's right. $3.5 trillion to the economy owing to the execution of innocent unborn children in the womb. Now, you've got these you got these pro abortion wackos going around and they and what's their what's their mantra going around the country is quote this is a quote of them for what rise up for roe meaning rise up for roe v wade but norma nobody seems to know that norma what's her name i can't even hear her last name now ended up becoming a christian and she totally reputed roe v wade norma gosh i guess i can't think of her last name anyway their mantra for Rise Up for Roe v. Wade is, quote, going maximum hysterical, end quote. You see, this is what the left does. They don't expect you to accept their logic because there isn't any. They expect you to be intimidated by volume and by repetition, not substance, because there isn't any, unless you call a pile of hooey substance. See, they, that's their M.O. We're just going to we're going to get in people's face. We're going to get loud. We're going to scream. We're going to intimidate. And then you get Antifa. We'll smash windows. We'll intimidate people into silence. They won't act and we'll prevail because we now own the college campuses. Now, this is for 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 Chelsea Clinton to come out and contend that there's an economic benefit of abortion. And she has said, this is her statement, this will help persuade pro-lifers to rethink their stance. What? So let me understand that. This is, these are the stupid 
thinking that you can seduce intelligent people with stupidity. Well, that's not going to work, but you might intimidate them. And that has been the left. The left are brown shirts. What was that? Uh, Brown shirts were Hitler and black shirts. We were Mussolini. These were the thugs that intimidated people into change. It wasn't voluntary change. It was a change from intimidation. Now, this is Hillary's so-called logic. She said, because women could get abortions. Well, wait a minute. I'm just going to quote her. She says, whether you fundamentally care about reproductive rights and access rights, you have to care about this. It's not a disconnected fact that American women entering the labor force from 1973, which is when Roe v. Wade was enacted, to 2009 added $3.5 trillion to our economy. End quote. Her position is that because women could get abortions and could kill unborn children, they could now go out and work and make money, which is added to our gross domestic product. Well, I'll tell you, this is a pretty grossly domestic argument. She said their contributions have added $3.5 trillion to the economy. Now, let me understand this. So you execute between 60 and 62 million innocent unborn children. Which comes out, and that creates three and a half trillion of new wealth, new economy, new gross domestic product. If you do the math, that means a baby's life is worth a little bit under sixty thousand dollars, right? You kill a child, it's going to add sixty grand to the economy. Even though Plan Non Parenthood, because this is a bargain, will kill them for five hundred bucks, and we fund that to the tune of about $350 million a year to execute our posterity. I mean, how stupid is that? You see, $60 million executed unborn is a combined population of California and Texas. Okay? So the average American adult spends about $60,000 a year to live. So 60 million babies murdered would have, if, they, if they'd started spending when they were 18 years old and and lived to the age of 78 they would have spent more than 200 trillion and in fact the statistic here states that if every baby that was executed could have lived just 1 year just 1 year as an adult choosing life would outperform choosing death enormously by 10 to 1 but here's something that people don't think of. And Chelsea, this is, you know, why don't you quote your, your buddy Al Gore there, Chelsea, because this is an inconvenient truth. We've killed 60 million taxpayers. Fewer people means fewer taxpayers, right? So if you're going to drastically reduce the population, then abortion, just slash the enormous tax revenue that would come from people who are productive, adding to the gross domestic product, that are paying Social Security taxes, which we need so that doesn't go broke. The fact is that you cannot find or justify any sort of economic benefit to death and wanton and willing killing. You can't do it. And who have we executed in the process? Who knows what innovation what would have been invented can you imagine i mean for those of you who know ben carson's story okay grows up in poverty in detroit no dad not in a particularly good school but has a very caring mom who could have easily said ben uh ben whoever you are because you haven't been born yet i'm going to abort you because you're you're holding me back from a higher paying job imagine what the world would be like without ben carson or the personal innovation that would come from any one or more of the 60 million executed unborn. Well, I want to quote here from this article. Quote, every institution, we have aches with the holes of people that we have never known. Our cities and our churches and companies lack people 
who never got to see the light of day. We can't even fathom what our neighborhoods would gain from those lost souls, let alone our entire economy. But that's not where it ends. That's where the the article ends. But that's not where the story ends. You see, no ruling that supports a culture of death and it can result in something good. And you're going to hear about the rest of it on the other side of this break. Do not go away. Rob Walter, Red Sky Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Rob Walter, and I want you to know that we have officially moved our real estate services to Arizona. We focus on helping people with the sale or purchase of their commercial or an investment real estate. And in addition, I bring 30 years of my California legal and tax experience to the table to help support those new clients with the intricacies of buying and selling of their commercial and investment real estate. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. You will not find us on Facebook. No, not now, not ever. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. Rob Walter, we are back for our last segment of Red Sky Radio. Um, on the story about Chelsea Clinton, some things I want to add to this uh, well-written piece that exposed the hypocrisy, the immorality, and the foolishness, the absurdity of the left's thinking, what they consider to be rational thought the ones who push for developing critical thinking skills in the schools, and yet what is really critical is the fact that they can't think. So the question is, what really has happened? Who has gotten rich and, and gained from the abortion industry? Well, just go look all the butchers that do the executing. They make a ton of money. Is that the way you want to add to the gross domestic product? It is by executing innocent unborn? Planned Parenthood, they've gotten rich off from this, the multiple millions of dollars that we send them through our taxes and the Republicans in Congress, many of whom stink, frankly, don't have the guts to strip this from the budget because they are, they are too afraid to hold accountable an organization that not only kills but is also adding apparently to the gross domestic product by selling baby parts. But one more thing, and I will move on. There's a saying in science, for those of you who took any science, that nature abhors a vacuum. You create a vacuum, something will get swept into it. Here's the vacuum that we have. When you execute 62 million innocent unborn children, you have a labor shortage. You see, labor forces abhor a vacuum as well. And if there aren't people, in the United States, because they've been executed, to do those jobs, guess what? We have created a labor vacuum, and hence illegal immigration. And why would not illegals come? I mean, I don't support illegal immigration, and we should stop it, and I support building the wall. But I understand why we have the problem. We have a labor shortage to some extent. I don't think it's nearly what most people think it is, but we have a labor shortage, which is largely the result of the fact that we have 60 million fewer workers than we should have, and labor markets abhor a vacuum as well. So you want to see why we have the problem on the south border, southern border, the northern border, because they're coming in there? In part, you could call it God's judgment because we have shed so much blood. But the natural consequences of shedding the blood of that gross national sin is there are consequences to pay, and we are paying it. This isn't anything that's anti-Mexican, Honduran, or Brazilian, somebody coming across the border. No. The ones coming across the border apparently are part of the judgment for our great national tragedy. My last story, 
I got to make it fast. I'm running out of time. You've probably heard of Elizabeth Hang. She's running for U.S. Congress, I think, in uh, some place. Well, anyway, Facebook and Twitter, all the political leftists, they cut down and, 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 and took her off social media. And why? Because she was showing on social media what her parents escaped from in communism under the Pol Pot regime. Here's what's going on. Here's what the left does. Whether it was Anita Hill, who I knew personally, had her as a law school professor, and, and the left needing, needing to denounce, bastardize, if you will, demonize Clarence Thomas, a great, articulate, conservative black man for the Supreme Court. Why did they do that? Because they were afraid that Clarence Thomas would become the new face for blacks, like Ben Carson. It's like it's, and, and who attacked him most? Whites, because they didn't want to lose the black support. Clarence Thomas would be a as a black icon, if you will, in the Supreme Court for black conservatives, and lest he draw them off the plantation into the Republican Party, we have to demonize him. Same thing with Elizabeth Heng. Because she is an immigrant, she's supposed to be a Democrat, but she's not. She's lived through the, tra- the tragedy of, and her parents of, of uh, a Pol Pot, a leftist dictator, re- regimist, if you will, in Cambodia. But you see, she's Asian. Asians are supposed to vote Democrat. And you can't have that. You see, Facebook are truth, they're, they're truthophobic. They don't want the truth coming out about Asians that are f- more quickly becoming conservatives and good Republicans, not bad Republicans, faster than any other demographic group. So what do you do if you're Facebook? What do you do if you're Twitter? You don't let her tell her story. No, you don't get to tell your story. We're not going to let you lead Asians off into Republican land or conservative land. No, because you belong to us. You immigrants, you belong to us. You Hispanics, you belong to us. You blacks, you belong to us. And we're going to do everything we can, whether it's involves spending a lot of money to keep you on the plantation by giving you stuff and, and all kinds of tchotchkes at, at taxpayer expense, or we're going to let you not tell your story. And that's what Facebook does. That's why this program is not on Facebook. I've had it with the social media. It's just a leftist-driven cabal of God-haters and, and, and godless liberals. And they need to be destroyed in a legal fashion, okay? A legal fashion. Facebook does not censor anybody. They're a private organization. And so what do we need? We need new private organizations to take their place, to compete against them. We need something like GodTube or ConservativeTube or FreedomTube or LibertyTube. Why can't we start these things, folks? If you're an entrepreneur out there and you want to start something, and, and by the way, make a gazillion dollars, start LibertyTube. Look, I don't have that skill set. You start it, and I'll get on it. Deal? I hope so. Because without it, this country is going to be seduced into leftist la-la land. Rob Walter telling you, sit tall in the saddle, America. Remember, you ride for the brand, brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. See you next week.
KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K280. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Christian Rivera, the man accused of killing Iowa college student Molly Tibbetts, is being held on $5 million bond. President Trump mentioned Rivera at a rally in West Virginia. Illegal alien coming in. Very sadly, from Mexico. Rivera's attorney, Alan Richards, says the president's comments could taint the entire jury pool. The government has weighed in at the highest levels of a predisposition that this young man, Christian, is guilty. Dane Lang owns the dairy farm where Rivera works. What we learned in the last 24 hours is that our employee was not who he said he was. Lang says he has received threatening phone messages, including death threats. I'm Ed Donahue. The White House says President Trump did nothing wrong the day after his former attorney Michael Cohen said Trump had directed him to make hush money payments to two women with the express purpose of influencing the election. White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders tells reporters that the president has done nothing wrong and stresses there are no charges against